Stay tuned. Connect with Damien and Amanda is about to start. Join us as we cover inspiring topics on health, healing and transformation. We have both lived and breathed transformation in our own lives as practitioners and also the patient. So we'd love to inspire you so that you can empower yourself on your journey to health and happiness. The information shared on the show is general information and should not be used to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease and is not substitute for professional healthcare advice. Always check with your practitioner before you apply anything discussed on our show. So buckle up, strap yourself in and open up your third eye. Because we're here to help you to connect with Damien and Amanda. I'm here today with my lovely co-host, Amanda. Hey, Amanda, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Damien? I'm excellent, thank you. Love it. Today's show, we're going to look at winter wellness, but we're going to look at it with a bit of a twist. So we're going to look at it through the lens of five-element philosophy, which is something that Amanda and I are, you know, we're both very passionate about. Uh, But in particular today, we're going to talk about winter's relationship to the water element. I love the tradition and philosophy of traditional Chinese medicine principles. Mm. And when you can understand that everything comes in cycles, you can be more aware when stuff comes up for you in each cycle and even in each different season. And we are about to embark on our winter season. Mm. In winter, I, I have a different energy about myself. I don't know about you, Damo, but I do feel different in summer. And I'm, I instinctively take time to rest, to pause to hibernate and we do live in a world where universal laws like gravity impact us inevitably and the seasons allow for balance. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, winter's definitely my favourite time of the year. You know, and I'm actually really stoked now that it looks like we're going to get a ski season, which is really cool. I know, And I'm um, quite amazing for, you know, you think about all those jobs and businesses up there that this is their time to shine, you know, that time of year. I know, it's so good. We were discussing that, weren't we, that maybe that wasn't going to happen, mm. but it looks like and it I is. I have my season passes, so I'm stoked now. That <laughs> I bet you are. I to use them. All the kids <laughs> have got their passes ready to go. I think another really cool thing is that... Um, You know, for those people who love to travel, it sounds like even New Zealand could possibly be an option too. Maybe if we get that sort of later in the season, September and October. I know that'll be good. For those people who chase the snow and also like to travel. So yeah, winter winter is a season so interesting because it's it's really like Mother Nature going into her resting season. Mm. You were talking about the changes with the seasons then. You yeah. feel that real shift from from now in autumn moving into winter and then as that, you know, we start to come out of that hibernation into spring again. So yeah. it's not it's not too far-fetched to say you can feel the season changes. Oh, you can feel it. You know, it's like you can sense the rain coming, you mm. can smell it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can feel the season shift and yeah, we, to go within is to restore and reset and much t- like this lockdown time we've all had, but maybe uh, not as intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like I mentioned before, something you and I are really both interested in is that five element philosophy. Yeah. You know, and these five elements being fire, earth, metal, water and wood, if you weren't sort of familiar with them. And yeah, within this system, everything has a resonance to a particular element. Yeah, there's a five element law that the body and our energy abides by and there is an absolute cause and effect and a force that requires or wants balance. Mm, mm. Practitioners that use this philosophy as part of their clinical practice 
You know, it's also used in internal arts like qigong. And if you go back to classical Chinese medicine and Taoism, this is what they use. Their goal was to enhance their personal alignment with what the ancient Taoists called the laws of nature. When we live in, a, in accordance with these laws, the health of our body, mind and spirit is supported. And this goes back, you know, centuries. Mm. Yeah, so when there's this synergy between your physical body, your emotions, your thoughts, your energy and your consciousness, they all create this harmony and we can fine-tune this harmony through those five elements. Yeah, and as a practitioner, um, you know, the patterns I see in my private practice, you know, I see physical symptoms, I believe, are often an end result of us not listening to our inner guidance mm. and maybe from suppressing difficult emotions because we're not often taught this skill or how to sit and let difficult uh, feelings and thoughts transform within us. And so emotions play an enormous role in our health and the five element system. Yeah, even your own energy, if you go against the season, if you're, you know, one of those burn the candle at both end type people, like going in more of a fire type, not necessarily great for you. It feels like swimming upstream. Yeah, and we spoke, you know, in our last podcast about your immune system and burning out and yeah. getting sick and then never feeling like you recover. You've got to think of your energy like currency. Mm. Like how much are you spending? How in debt are yep. you? And what's your return? Yeah. So what is it? What's that old saying? Don't don't cash checks. What is it? Don't bank checks your ass can't cash. <laughs> yeah, right. I've heard that one. That's a good one. But it's true. You've got to look at it like your currency and how are you losing energy or really look yep. at it as power. How are you losing empowerment within yourself, within your relationships, in your life, how you treat yourself, every decision you make, it's important to ask yourself, is this my, is my reaction diving into anger right now going to tax me mm. of my energy? Yeah. And if we can learn to do that, we can swim more downstream. Yeah, and they talk about that in a lot of the internal arts too, that energy leakage, like our jing, which is our essence, and we don't want to be leaking that energy. We want to we, we be conserving it. And that's very much what wintertime is all about. We don't want to be wasteful with more of that outward yang energy. Yes, like summer and spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a time, like a time to go and a time to rest. And, you know, like I said, we're not, what's the word, like humans aren't above the laws of nature. And you know, <laughs> Even though we think we are. Yeah, yeah, you can think you can outsmart it, but, you know, sometimes it doesn't always work. We're talking before about feeling the seasons. You can feel the climate start to change with the rain, you said, fog and snow, mm. you know, and when these change, come in winter we seek that inner warmth so we naturally like to spend more time you know inside at Soups. home yeah with our yeah well, definitely with warm. food yeah absolutely but there's that natural tendency to want to go within so in the five element system we spoke about before winter is related to the water element so when we're in harmony with these elements and that elements in balance within us we've got access to all these positive qualities and virtues of that element. So this not only includes like your health and well-being, but like you said before, the, the emotional and the spiritual qualities that give us a more rich and fulfilling life. It's true. It's true. And it, I think the only way that we really can connect with, you know, what, what does it feel like when we're actually in balance? Mm. You have to uh, train yourself to feel and be in your body and to feel connected. Yeah. Because so many of us don't have access to um, feeling what it feels like to be in balance because we've learned how to block how we feel because, you know, sometimes we go through difficult stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I use an analogy with my clients about like a radio station. So you think about that 
channel vitality, you know, when you're tuned into that radio station and what it feels like, all the resonance of what it feels like. And I often say, well, are you tuned into that radio station? Well, yes, no. Yes. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, what do we need to do to get you back to that resonance? To that frequency. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and if you're out of balance, life has its funny way of bringing in uh, stuff that you'll go through within your relationships, within your health, with your career, finances, that will break apart whatever's out of balance. Yep. To bring you back in. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk a bit about the nature of water. So when we're talking about the water element, you know. Because let's that's winter, about, right? Yeah, that's, that's why winter, we're talking yeah. about So one of the interesting things about water is that water must stay in motion. So even though it's more yin and inward, we still need fluidity and flow. So we don't want to get stuck. Yeah, it's so true. When we look at the Chinese medicine side of things, it's the bladder and the kidneys which deal with the body's water and that's why they're the organs associated with the water element. Yep. So water can be very dynamic. You know, you can think about meditation and being like a calm, still pond. But then I think about times during winter growing up down on the peninsula when I was out surfing and got taught some pretty big lessons out there in that thick winter swell that can mm. push you under for a long time and see what you're made of sometimes. Water's so powerful yeah, and yeah. can be scary and it can be frozen. Yeah, yeah. So it's got all of these things that it can do. So water's very dynamic. But obviously when we think about it metaphorically within us, we want it to stay fluid and flow and in motion. We don't want to get stuck. Like you don't want to be like an old swamp or an old billabong that's not moving, it's got funguses growing. You know, yeah. we actually want to be like this beautiful, pristine, you know, crystal lake or clear. this crystal clear. We all want to think of ourselves as that pristine, pure stream that runs direct from the mountain. Or the dampness untouched. that creates mould. And <laughs> yeah, you don't necessarily want those elements. Yeah. So there's a little bit of an idea of like the, the nature of water and we want this fluidity and this flow. One of the things that happens with winter and we think about exercise and movement is that we still need to move. Even though you may feel like you want to rest a bit more, yeah. it's actually one of the more important times to keep up like a, a regular exercise regime. It's true. Mm. So one of the reasons that we do this is that we need to move and stay active in order to keep your body warm. Yeah. So, you know, we want this energy moving. So you don't want that stiffness that comes from the cold weather. I feel so much better when I, um, you know, get my ass into my exercise program in <laughs> yeah, the morning yeah. when it's freezing yeah, yeah. and I feel amazing and I feel warm and I feel fine and I feel fluid. Um, how many times we procrastinate when it's freezing in the morning, but there's so much we can, you know, you can do about that. Like, yeah. you know, it's really a mindset thing, isn't it? To, yeah. um, you know, there's, there's so much you can do to, to sort of get over that. Yeah. And one of the amazing things about living in Melbourne is that we actually get the four seasons yeah. Like we are lucky enough to That's get these true. transition through these four seasons. Maybe someone who might live closer to the equator or whatever, you know, wherever they might be or, you know, further away in Alaska, they won't see that sort of the, the contrast that we get with the seasons, which is really cool. But like a lot of conversations I've had recently with clients as well is with this change of season, like you were talking about before, like they need to move because they can feel it in the joints, they can feel it in the bones. And that's yeah. one of the things we're talking about with resonances before with the, with the water element, I was talking about the, the kidney and the bladder being like related organs. But when we look at the tissues that are related to the water element, it actually is the bones. So you think about, oh, I can feel it in my bones. Yep. The, yeah, the ears, the bones, the teeth yep. and hearing um, are predominant aspects of the water element in traditional Chinese medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you think about winter and you think about more of that cold 
sort of part, you know, you're going to feel it in the bones. Cold to the bones. Yep. So that's why moving is really important in winter. Mm. Even though the days are shorter, you know, we generally feel like doing less activity or we don't do as much physical activity because we don't move about like we would say in summer. Yeah. But it's really important to keep your structured exercise program. And this is where I really like strength training. Mm. I really like stretching during winter, really good time to be doing lots of stretching. So that's where if you love things like yin yoga, those yin styles of yoga, they're really cool to do, like holding those poses for a bit longer and really trying to elongate the body. You know, Pilates is probably another one that would be really good to do. Yeah. During the cooler months. Yeah, and when I stretch, particularly stretching exercises, well, particularly stretching, I like to focus on the emotions of that muscle mm. to mm. see what I can release. So in winter, and sorry, with the bladder, we're looking at the muscles around the calf and the foot. And if you are out of balance in your bladder meridian, you might find that you're either too tight or mm. you've got a muscle that's not firing properly there. Yep. And in the kidney, that's the hip flexors, and the lower back, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got that hip flexor that runs near the belly button there and down and, you know, directly behind the belly button. You've got like another muscle called the quadratus lumborum and you can get really jammed up through there too. Yeah. So, yeah, moving. So I was actually going to say that, yeah, some of those really cool sort of yin style hip openers and poses and things yeah. like that can be really cool this time of year as well. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, I just wanted to sort of reiterate there that you've got to move still in winter, even though it's a time to go within and more of a time to chill you know, a really good structured exercise program, you know, can definitely prevent you from having too much of that winter coat, you know, when we come out of winter and into spring. So winter doesn't necessarily have to be considered, oh, it's a time when I put on heaps of weight. So if you eat right and you exercise, you should keep that energy balance. Maybe it could be perceived as, you know, as we've all had a period of time to, you know, go yin and Mm. in this lockdown, it really has been a time for us to reset and review um, and to just create more space in our mindset so that we can then create and nourish and um, harvest is yep. the word I'm thinking of, what we want to then execute in a yang way in Absolutely. spring and winter coming up. So yep. rather than seeing it as a time to exactly put on weight and mm. just completely stop all your routines, no, don't do that. Yeah, You don't it, have to be the bear. You don't have to go into hibernation no. like the bear. I mean, you can chill out and yeah, do yeah. it, but yeah. enjoy it. But keep looking after yourself and keep up your, you know, your basic routines of whether that's journaling and meditation or your exercise and eating well and connection. These mm. are the pillars of health, I believe. Keep doing that. But, but be mindful that it's time where you've got the opportunity opportunity to create more space in your life and to slow down and eliminate what needs eliminating and prune yeah prune your tasks and even people yeah yeah so when we move on we've spoken about exercise so definitely put that on your to-do list during winter even if it's just walking with your dog once or twice a day get out for an hour walk it doesn't necessarily have to be always structured exercise walking's amazing you know get out in nature we spoke in the last podcast about the benefits of nature immersion and what that does for our bodies as well yeah so let's talk a bit about the winter diet Mm. when i think of my winter diet i think of lamb shanks and i think of mash Slow cooker. Um, yeah, yeah. Shepherd's pie. Yeah, slow cooker, soups, broths, all those sort of things. I mean, I, I really love those real hearty sort of foods. Yeah. You know, they're, they're more the foods that I tend to go towards. When winter comes in, we get a bit colder. So naturally we want a diet that produces a bit more heat. Yes. So that's where those sort of foods come into it a lot more. And one thing that I will say that I notice in clinic too is that For those people who love like smoothies um, and raw foods and salads, they're all great, but they may be more suited to the warmer months. 
So you might find that you don't want too much of those cooling foods this time of year. Why do you reckon that is? What is it that the body loves about the warmth regarding food in winter and the you know, more salads and crisper foods in summer? Well, I think it's just that, like you said before, it's the warmth, it's that thermogenesis, it's that heat that your it's body It's the balance, the off. body, yeah, yeah. yeah so, to, to be warmer. So things like, um, there's a thing called the thermic effect of food. So when we eat food, it produces a certain amount of heat. So things like proteins will create more of a thermic effect than maybe some of those other foods we were talking about before would as well. So your body naturally wants to produce more heat. Yeah. to keep you warm. Now, heat's actually quite a good thing because that keeps your metabolism cranking over as well. True. Yeah, so that's why we tend to maybe go for more of those slow-cooked proteins and warmer foods, keeps the thermogenesis up, keeps the metabolism up. Makes sense. We stay warm. So, sense. yeah, so that's one of the things I tend to find during clinic a bit is the some people going too much with the smoothies, like they might take it too far into winter. Yeah. Now, if you're a body that naturally produces a, a lot of heat, you might be fine with that. Yeah. But if you naturally feel the cold, you might think about, okay, maybe I need to add in a bit more warming foods into my diet. And that's where things like, you know, we cook with onion and garlic and ginger, cayenne pepper, all these things that create a bit of heat in the food. Yeah. And I Mm. guess the way to figure out what's right for you is, again, learn to feel like your intuition and your gut and you'll just create this, you'll, you'll know, you'll know, but it's a really great practice that will translate into other areas of your life is tapping. Does this make me feel good? good or this is does this not make me feel good and question it more and you'll get the answers i can't tell you i mean it's probably not 100 it's probably not 50 but it's definitely somewhere around the 20 to 30 the amount of digestive systems that i've helped improve by getting raw kale out of their diet you know a lot of those people just raw kale smoothies every day yeah thinking yeah because that's the latest fad and that's (laughs) like yeah let's do it let's just get all the kale i love spinach i like spinach silver beet those sort of things i never quite i don't know i haven't quite caught on to the kale thing as yet it's hard to cook with and get right the balance of flavor as well but what do you think it is about removing the kale from some people's diets that has been like why did that improve them i think it's just pretty tough to digest yeah yeah i think that's one of the big challenges with raw foods is they're definitely harder to digest so when we cook foods you know especially things like proteins you denature them um, and your body can actually unlock and get more of the nutrients and things out of them a lot easier maybe spinach is supposed to be raw more than kale is because i think when you cook kale down it would be more digestible. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. definitely. So cooking definitely improves the digestibility digestibility of foods. Yeah. So some people just did, some people, you know, can eat raw foods all year round. No worries. You know, but then other people need these cooked foods. I actually, that's why I love the slow mm. cooker. I love when the meats are, you know, they're pulling off the bone. Even vegetables are absolutely. just beautiful in the yep. slow cooker with, you know, your carrots yep. and with your garlic and onion and all the herbs. And, yeah. Oh, yep. There's so much you can do. Yep. And, and probably a lot easier to digest as well. Mm. So, yeah. So warmer foods this time of year, I think, is, you know, is definitely something to consider. Instinctively, we're going to gravitate towards that. Yeah, yeah. And mm. hopefully it's not, you know... The, the takeaway foods, which can sometimes yeah. have that, you know, they've got that perfect mixture a lot of times of the, the fat and the sugar in them that's yeah. just that gastronomic splendour for your brain. Do you know, I noticed that during this lockdown I've been cooking all my meals. Cool. I reckon I got takeaway, I've had takeaway in the last couple of months only twice. Yeah. And in the same way that I noticed the difference, you know, for me it was either walking or not when I was recovering from paralysis. When I started to eat better, I think for me I was really lucky where I understood what nutrition can do because the difference was literally in my body physically. But this time in lockdown what I noticed was 
when I got those two takeaway meals, not only did I did I not even really enjoy them because they weren't as hearty and amazingly cooked as you would do mm-hmm. it in your own home because they have to, to get delivered to you and they're not as warm. And, you know, I'm a huge Mexican fan and, of yeah, course, yeah. I spoiled myself with nachos. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is but – but when I was doing it all the time – I don't actually eat takeaway all the time, so that's irrelevant. But when I was maybe doing it in a different part of my life when it was more regular, maybe in the past, you wouldn't notice how much of a lack of nutrients you're getting in your diet – it's during this lockdown time where maybe mo- some of us have been cooking more that um, we would realise, ah, oh, this is how I'm supposed to feel when I eat good food. Yeah, yeah. And I think, well, I think we might have even spoken something along the lines of this in an earlier podcast where you often don't notice until you've had it removed for a significant amount of time. Yeah. So I think sometimes, like that's, that's what right. I say with a lot of like food sensitivities, you, you're not going to notice after just removing it for one day. And that's food, that's emotions, yeah. that's toxic emotions, that's energy around you, that's your environment. Yeah. You're not going to notice it until it's been removed and then all of a sudden you've got this new reality. Yeah, and I think that, you know, like you said, it could even be workplaces, relationships, friends. You know, you remove yourself from it for a while then you go back into that environment. Yeah. It's the same thing with food. You know, you've yeah. created this new environment in your gut, like this new ecosystem. Yeah. Then all of a sudden all this other food comes back in there and all your microbes yeah. go, hey, what's going on? And it's the comparison of like oh yeah okay yeah. now I know and that's a gift that's a good thing to realize and I think that's why we need to question and mix things up constantly question um, you know what we're eating what we're thinking mm. so that we can you know identify that's habits that we just get used to and get stuck into yeah absolutely so that's pretty much you know where I come to with the as far as the you know the nutrition sort of side thing goes with like lots of cooked foods you know and that comfort food can still be amazing like we were talking about before it doesn't necessarily have to be you know takeaway food you can actually create some amazing comfort food at home no particularly with slow cookers you can mm-hmm. you know cook meals for the whole week yeah yeah so there's our physical parts of it. So we've got the nutrition, the exercise part of the water element. Now let's talk a little bit about, let's go a bit, bit more metaphorical, let's go a little bit more esoteric mm. and talk about the gifts of water. Oh, beautiful. So the gifts of water. Yeah, so like we spoke about before, the water element and winter allow us to go within. Now this is really cool because when we go within, we go into the unknown. Mm. We go into the deep water. Ooh, the abyss. <laughs> yeah. So it's very much like a gateway to the unconscious, which is why I think regular meditation is so important in the colder months. So mm. exercise and I think meditation are my number ones that I try and keep up yep. during this time. Yeah. You know, because it's in these hidden depths that we find the greatest wisdom. Exactly. You know, and that's very much the virtue of water, it getting is. that wisdom. The wisdom and our cleverness and our willpower. Yeah, and that meditation allows us to disconnect from all that mental chatter, mm. you know, the busyness that we might have had throughout summer. Unnecessary and the go, go, go. dialogue to yeah, situations. Yep. So we can create this nice pool of stillness. I always think about it like in, in Melbourne that, you know, once we get to spring carnival sort of time, it's almost like, to me, that's like game time. It's like now's the time to have fun yep. in Melbourne and, you know, and yep. we'll do that all the way through to late summer. Yeah. And you don't really get a chance to reflect on as much stuff about maybe what you achieved for the year or because you know how, you know, talk about New Year's resolutions, they don't necessarily work for me because it just doesn't always feel like the right time of the year to go within and work out, okay, well, what am I, where am I going with this? Well, I think that's a huge sign that you really know yourself really well. Yeah, that's what I love about the gift of water is it's that time that gives us that permission to reset. You know, Mother Nature makes us go within so we get more of a time to reset. 
Yeah, and if you give yourself space and see that, you know, autumn, winter is a time, particularly winter, is to create that space in your mindset, then you are more inclined to connect to your mm. to, to your higher self yeah, and yeah. Um, to get more guidance into your life. And I guess the other um, aspects of winter is, you know, need the need to feel safe, the theme of trusting, how driven we are, you know, our willpower, um, the need to be reassured. Yeah, there's lots of themes in winter. Mm. So if we think about moving on from the gifts of water, now one of the other things is balancing our emotional life. Now this is something that you love. You love working with, you know, the emotional links to everything. Everything. Yeah, which is amazing. So the emotion that's connected to the water element and more towards winter is fear. Mm. Mm. So when we think about the movement of water being inwards and we think about the emotional movement, it sinks and contracts. So when you think about fears, that emotion that you might experience deep and low in the body. Frozen in fear. Yeah. So it's very visceral. You, yeah. can, you can really feel that. Now, let's not go into necessarily all the negatives of it because fear is actually a normal part of our emotions. We need it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's instinctual. So it actually helps us survive. It guides us. So you wouldn't want to get a lobotomy and cut the fear part out no. of your brain because that means you might walk out in front but of a bus. But you want to know how to control it. Balance it, yeah. So that's what we're saying as well is that it becomes an issue when fear becomes paralyzing or it's traumatizing or it interferes with our normal functioning. It absolutely paralyzes people. Mm. And that's that sinking, visceral, really deep, yeah. low feeling. Implode. Yeah, so we don't want fear being the predominant emotion in our life. No. I mean, much the same way you don't want anger being the predominant emotion in your life. Oh, it would stop you from getting out of your comfort zone. It would yeah. stop you from um, well, experiencing joy. Yeah. yeah, and how you show up in your life. Yep. It would... It would not enable you to speak your truth. It would. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, of my my journey and also all the patterns I see in clinic. It fear stuffs up so much. <laughs> stuffs up. Yeah. 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 So when you think about a lot of the stuff that you work with, and when you work with fear, mm. what are some of the, I suppose, advice and wisdom that you give people to work through fear? When I when I talk about the water element and we're working and fear comes up, I'll explain to my clients that when we're in balance here, we have access to our wisdom, our cleverness, mm. we have willpower to that drive to um, get us to move forward and to do what's required to move out of that fear. That's mm. more in balance. Yep. But, um, you know, fear, um, sorry, chi also affects our behaviour. So I'll also explain that when we're out of balance and there's too much energy in the bladder or kidney meridian, they might, they might experience... Um, um, they're more risk takers, they're more distrusting, they're intimidating, driven, agitation. These are more over-energised aspects of their behaviour that will change as a consequence of the chi deficiency of mm. being in excess. Yeah, so let's back up there for a sec just so people understand that chi is like, think of it as another form or a word for energy, much like Amanda was talking yep. about currency before. So it's like you said, if you invest all of your currency in this particular outcome or idea, that's when you're saying that, you know, people might find that fear manifests in a different way. Yeah, just showing that chi affects your behaviour and our energy system is connected to our emotions, which is our behaviour, mm. um, and then our biochemistry. So what we're thinking, what we're feeling translates into the pathways that we fire in yep. our body. And, you know, we're either predominantly in growth and repair or survival and stress. Yep. So creating degeneration and more inflammation or not. Yep. Um, and that's 
key mm. when I'm working with clients. Key. Yep. But when everybody's different, why people become fearful and how they come out of that mm. is actually so different with every single client. Mm, absolutely. It actually is so in- interesting mm. to, to watch as, as, as I learn. Every session I have, I'm learning. If you were to just say you were to like pick an emotion that you felt was more predominant in society, what do you think it would be? Do you think fear would be the dominant emotion? Fear and worry. And do you think that's got a lot to do with how our media tends to market or shouldn't say market because that is their job, but how they tend to portray their message to the world? Do you yeah, think we definitely. I've researched this and I've tried to, you know, positive news versus controversial news and there's statistics that show that there's just higher ratings with negative news and maybe there's something in that where, um, you know, it's more popular to talk about fearful stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, why aren't we thinking about this from a bird's eye point of view if yeah. that's true and lot, you're yeah. in control of the news? Yep. Why, obviously, you know, on a lower ground viewpoint, you'd be <laughs> like, I want more ratings, it's yep. about the money. But if you were looking at this from the top of the mountain, you would have a higher understanding of how it's impacting the world on so many different levels. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can see the script as clear as day. It's like, and this happened in the world today. And it's like, <laughs> but tune in at 6.30 and you can find out what to do about it. You know, <laughs> how to future-proof, your, future-proof yourself from blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But fears really is interesting because, I mean, even it's evolved. Like there's even, you know, FOMO, which I find quite amusing like that fear of missing out true we've got fear of failure there's you know there's fear of success that fear of going all in there's What's all the f- these that's different all about fear of attachment and and the lack of the ability to realize that you have all the resources within you mm. yeah all, all of that is just about i need this i need that i need to listen to that oh yes that that's what what they're saying or going on with that you know like a sheep going on with the herd what everybody else is doing and you know we forget or we don't learn how to think for ourselves but I think we all go through a transformation you know it's probably an archetypal conversation where you know we 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 are very tribal and we learn Mm. from our family and then you know we do what our mum and dad does and we watch and copy them and we respect them and we love them and then as we grow older we get to that individualization stage where you know you start to every every time I've not agreed with some like even my family's point of view or their way of seeing things or friends or just any you know circumstance that's come into my life I've always known in my gut yeah I don't agree with that Mm. well no that's not how I think about it and then as you get more self-esteem and confidence you learn how to act on that yeah yeah and then when you don't you're betraying yourself yeah and that's when you know all this stuff and that's really cool because like you said a lot of people will they'll sit in those positions for years where they won't say anything about it they might be the doormat or whatever it might be yeah absolutely when you don't listen to that inner guidance which winter can be your practice ground with going within Mm. when you don't listen to that gut feeling when you know what is right for you or what is not yep that is the biggest way you can betray yourself, yeah. in and my opinion. That's the art of meditation. It's like sitting down and getting real with yourself. It's like, can I actually sit here for half an hour, completely empty my mind, not attached to thoughts, you know, be comfortable with all the aches and pains in my body and the stiffness? Can I actually let all of that go? And can I actually just sit here and get real for half an hour? And sometimes we don't. And from what I see, um, the patterns of that is we're just not ready to face 
what it is that's um, painful. Mm. And it's a process. Everybody's different. It takes every, some people, you know, it's fast. Some people take many, many, many years, if not their entire lifetime to do that. Or lifetimes. Correct. <laughs> not necessarily just one. But that's a really good flow in with what you're talking about there into the spiritual aspects of the water element. So within the water element, there's something, it's, it's spelt Z-H-I, but it's pronounced Z. Oh, I thought it was so that, Z. No. So it's, yeah, that would be the Australian way. True. Z. <laughs> the Z. Z. The Z. Like J-E-R almost if, cool. you, if you'll get such so Z. So, and this is, this is the spiritual energy within us that rules that willpower, drive, the ambition, you know, like the positive aspects of all those survival instincts. Yeah, that's right. What's the, what are the spiritual aspects of water? I've forgotten. So that's exactly what we're talking about right now. Yeah. yeah all of that stuff. So, I mean, you were covering as we were talking as well. It's so funny because you're unfolding oh, you all those keywords too. That was natural. Which are, yeah, because it is. It's the natural resonances of what it feels like. And that's mm. why that's why I love universal truths because you just go, oh, yeah, mm. that's cool. I know yeah, that. I get that. Yeah. yeah. It's something you know without knowing. And that's very much what the kidneys are about. It's that yeah. inherent inherit sort of pre-born knowledge that we've got within us, that instinctual drive. That cleverness, that yeah. willpower, that this, wisdom. Yeah, because this gives you that courage in order to, you know, stand in your truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. which is the opposite to fear. Yeah, and this is very mm. much even physiology related to your adrenal system as well, which we've spoken about already, mm. you know, in a lot of podcasts. So the yeah. kidneys, you know, and the adrenals are pretty much connected to each other. Yeah. So there's there's very much that relationship there when it comes to like the fight-flight sort of type response. You know, there's that slow, gradual fear that can emerge in people um, from a young age and can be quite small and it can build. Or there's that fear from major trauma. Yeah. When we're working with clients. It's different, isn't it? It feels different when you're working with those clients, doesn't it? Trying oh, absolutely. To, trying to release that fear. It's more of a stronger, uh, blockier urgency of fear that's come in mm. and hasn't been moved on from. That's stuck. And then you were talking it's before stuck. about there's, there's energy excesses and energy deficiencies. So someone might have, you know, that excess of energy is locked up in the fear or there, or there may not be enough there to be able to transform it and get through it. But then there's other people that are just stuck. Depleted as a result. Yeah. So if you've got excess energy, you might notice you're more conservative, more stingy even or dormant. Um, and as I said before, it, risk-taking, distrusting, intimidating, overdriven agitation. But if you're more deficient in energy, you might notice you're more reckless, you go into fantasy land, you're a bit scattered, you might even overspend, you're fearing the worst, overcautiousness, which a lot, I see this a lot, um, too trusting, reassuring, no drive paralysis. So mm. they're the aspects of deficiency. Because you're trying to balance yourself out. So you might be, yeah. I'll, I'll take a risk to try and make myself feel alive. Yeah. You know, or, or I'm paralysed and they just won't move. But isn't that energy that the, there's totally different behaviours according to the build-up of chi in your body? Yeah. That yeah. blows my mind. And the goal is, you know, and to try and diffuse it or put it back into circulation so we can use it for something else. So you were talking before about, did you talk about thermodynamics at the start? Did you say something about that? No, you were talking about oh, it. Was I? Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's that transforming that energy into something else. We were talking about it with food. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So one of the things that you want to do, and this is where it's really interesting, like you were talking about the psoas muscle before because I've, I've had a lot of um, clients come to me that have done trauma release therapy 
And a lot of the times it's done through that psoas muscle. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, which is which is really interesting because it's it's one of those ones, if you have a muscle test the psoas, like it's pretty easy to for it to blow a circuit. Yeah, yeah. And it's not an easy muscle to to release, particularly if, if you're trying to do it physically with trigger points. I know that um, some athletes have these apparatus um, kind of looks like a oh, I don't know what it looks like. They lean on it, so it yep. palpates that psoas. So it would lean forward on top of it, and these spikes sort of come up and go into the psoas, which oh, is wow. like your hip flexor muscles mm. on either side of your hip bones, a bit further down there. Um, and releasing that feels feels really good when it's tight, and but mm. it's so sore. Yeah, like, yeah, working on the psoas, like even. Do you remember therapy? when we were working with Charles Krebs and we had to release the psoas physically with our elbow? Remember that oh, technique he taught yeah, us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just really much easier to hold acupuncture points sometimes, <laughs> isn't it? But sometimes yeah. it is that physical palpation that um, is required to release the muscle. Yeah, well, they're doing a lot of static holds, I think, and a lot of that stuff. But what it actually does is it gets the discharge of that energy that you might yeah. be holding on to that you were talking about yeah. before. So when we can actually – it's almost like trying to break the circuit or, or like trying a pimple. to create that window of opportunity that, boom, we boom. can diffuse it all and now we can transform it into something else. So yeah. if you think about your body and what they talk like the systemic memory hypothesis is that you've got pockets of energy stuck everywhere within your body because, oh, this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened and it does all that. So you're, this, you're almost like a walking ball of trauma. Yeah. So, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but we've had all these things that have happened in our life that we're just trying to resolve and, and get through. Yeah. So you've got all of these pockets that get stuck. And that's why, you know, you can go to a, a manual therapist um, and you could be there for your back and, and they eventually go, hey, look, we've done everything biomechanically we can to fix your back. Like your posture's good, the muscles are functional, they're all working. But, you know, someone might have a real fear every time they go to pick up a piece of paper off the ground that they're going to blow their back out. Yeah. And that's where things like kinesiology and, and Chinese medicine are so amazing because they do look at the emotional connection to, you know, the energy that's stored in those tissues. Yeah, as well as the biochemical, the physical and the energetic all at the same time. Mm, it's just mm. we're constantly asking that question in, ch- in session, aren't we? Is yeah. this physical? Is this biochemical? Is this emotional? Or do I need to go more on the electromagnetic aspect, which is where we would hold acupuncture points. Yeah. And that's why when most people ask me a question, my answer is often it depends. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> because it, it is. It's like, do you think it's this? Well, it depends. Let's let's investigate. Let's look at all the things that it could be and then we'll put together a nice little treatment plan that hopefully starts to get you on, you know, the road to recovery. Yeah. So, yeah, when we're talking about the spiritual aspects, you know, that that journey through fear to wisdom is, is very much like a hero's journey. And and I think it's part of, you know, all of our growth as human, ev- humans. Yeah. Everyone's going to go through some sort of mini hero's journey at some point in their life. Definitely. And I'd say that it's actually essential because it's it's through these this sort of metaphor of the hero's journey that you actually can unlock your destiny code so you know you you leave your walled garden you know you go out into the big wide world you know you find your pot of gold and then the second part of this which most people forget is you actually bring that gold back and how is that of service to other people Mm. so it's not just about finding the gold and hey i've won Mm. the actual second part is bringing that back and it's like how do i share this with the world how do i be of service absolutely Mm. So, and then that's having, like we said, that willpower and that courage to actually go for your win and go for what it is you want in life. And the courage required to transform our fears mm. and the lower chart emotions where, not lower chart emotions, but, you know, or lower that, vibration emotions. Yeah. Yes, but there is a chart. Um, I'm reading this amazing book at the moment by um, 
um, oh, it's called Letting Go, mm-hmm. and it's by Doctor. Um, was that Dawkins Hawk- Hawkins? Hawkins. <laughs> yeah, thank I always you. get those two mixed up. Yeah, and there's a chart at the end of his book. I can't remember the name of it. I'll bring it um, in for our next um, chats. And um, it, it, there's, you know, once you get to courage, that's where you can really start to elevate and and go into those um, heightened emotions that help you to move through stuff. Yeah, yeah. But when we go into elation and um, um, so I'm not thinking of the right word, but where we just give up within yep. ourselves. What's that word? Not ap- apathy. Apathy. Mm, yep. That's the word I was thinking of. That's when we become so frightened, we lose the ability to believe in ourselves so much that we just stop mm, and mm. trying. Yeah, and that's yeah. dangerous. And then there's that's close to death, apparently. So there's this amazing chart, not like our charts here of kinesiology, yeah, yeah. where once you work through, once you get to courage, you're up in the positive section mm. where you can actually move through your stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. So amazing. when we, yeah, when you think about like they often call them transcendental emotions too, and they're all things that we need to elevate too, because. You know, when I think about kids, I don't need to teach them how to be angry. I don't need to teach them how to be fearful, you know, to worry. It's all instinctual. But teaching them forgiveness, compassion, love, all those transcendental emotions are all things, like you said, that we need to elevate ourselves up to. It's a transformation from yeah. the fear into love. It's a yeah. like we know love, we know those other emotions, yep. but it's about how do I anchor myself into this chaos that I'm feeling when it's uncomfortable and difficult, which is usually the fear, the anger you know, the worry mm. and how do I how do I sit with this and allow it so it can transform and then that resilience that builds up from that difficulty is what makes you learn your anchor and what you're made of and what you stand for and who you are. And when you know these aspects about yourself, this is the spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and classical Chinese medicine has that hierarchy that you were talking about as well. So it's about channeling that emotional energy into the virtues so Mm. you would go from the fear into the courage you know it might be from the anger into the patience so there's a lot you can't teach that stuff you've got to go through it yourself and only when you know you just you there's a knowing that comes about you when you achieve or overcome your darkest fears there is something where you just fully get it on every angle Mm. and you realize oh you can't you can't teach this. You've just got to go through it. So all we can do is help people when you've found the light and you've elevated and you're going through an easier time in your life, maybe just think about holding space for people that are going through the just more difficult patches in their lives. Oh, absolutely, always. Because yeah. it's all in cycles. Yep. I was actually thinking about that yesterday when I was walking, that, that holding space is that there's going to be, you know, different people going through different things now. As we sort of go start getting back into clinic over the next sort of period, yeah, mm. there's going to be a whole like gamut of things that we're going to be working with. There'll be some people who would have got through this fantastic, you know, been great, didn't really notice much. And then there's other people that it's been probably quite challenging for. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, and being that container and being that space for those people is is really important. So, But like you said, even if that's your own kids or it's your family members, it's your friends. And maybe winter can be a time to view that yin time as you giving yourself holding that space time. Mm, Absolutely, yeah. Well, that's what's that old saying is that you can't give what you don't have. Yeah. manage others as well as you can manage yourself and schedule it in you know you time Mm, yeah Mm. so anything else you wanted to cover with the emotional and spiritual sort of aspects of what we were chatting about no that that was really good i think we've covered it i think we've covered um you know different ways of looking at it and you know in all the different relationships and things we go through in our lives the themes will come through with 
our families, our intimate relationships, our relationship with ourselves, our ability to bring, give and receive joy and make things happen mm. for ourselves. It's all related to these different aspects yeah. of life yeah. that we all go through. But yeah, my main message now is just, you know, really do hold that space for yourself and just try and be more the observer, letting go of unnecessary dialogue that we place to situations or things we don't understand or things that bring up difficult emotions within us, particularly within interpersonal relationships. Can you just hold that space for people that are hurting right now? Because mm. it will move and it will transform. And the person feels that when you're holding the space for them. Oh, and you're absolutely. just allowing them to be yeah. angry, allowing them to be worried. I find that really hard, to be honest. I find it hard to allow... Um, for example, my mum, you know, if she's feeling a certain way, I, I'm really learning to just shut up and let her feel how she's feeling. Yep. Whereas you I'm, try and fix I want to try yeah, and fix it. I'm like, oh, it well, try this, try this. And she, she's like, I just want you to listen to me. And yeah, yeah I need to work on that a bit more. And I, I think when I first started um, uh, working more with kinesiology, and I was moving out of more of that traditional sort of, you know, um, structural model. And I started, you know, I started using these different combos to release things and was getting good results. But then a lot of the emotional energy would start to purge out. So I'd have these people who were going through divorces and they'd start crying. And I was like, oh, man, I was just releasing their glutes and hoping it was going to help their yeah. back. But, you'd, you know, you'd get these big emotional releases and these outbursts. And the start, I was like, oh, shit, what do I, what yeah. do, I do with this? But now I'm so cool with it. If someone cries, I just embrace it. Let's, like, let's just let it go. Like, yeah. you know, they often say that, an emotion might only last 10 or 11 seconds. So yeah. get it out, let it out. Like yeah. just let it flow. Yeah. And Whereas you, there's that yeah. resistance there for a lot of people. Like they yeah. want to hold it in. And like you said as well, we want to fix things and we want to hold it all in. And, and then you feel guilty or shame yeah. about the fear and blah, blah, blah. So And that's yeah. the stuck energy we were talking about. It never gets a chance. The water element never gets a chance to flow because so, you've got this to and froing. Exactly. So if you've, we're talking about winter, we're talking about fear, a great way that you might put yourself allow your mind and body to you know find the right environment to give yourself the balance for you to find that balance again so you can be more connected to your higher self more in touch with that cleverness and wisdom is keep up your pillars of health mm. your eating yep. your morning and evening rituals your yep. meditation your journaling yeah and perfect. your connection yeah all of that that's you just nailed it in one of if you can do all those things throughout this coming winter and sleep and sleep yeah, absolutely. And that gives us that perfect transition into spring. So we'll talk about spring, you know, as we get closer to that season in another podcast and obviously as our sort of Melbourne winter draws to a close. But I'm sure that everyone's aware of like that transitional period when the energy of spring like starts to stir and awaken. Can you yeah. actually feel it? You know that old saying of yeah. the spring cleaning? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you actually can feel spring start to stir and awake within you. Like we come out of that hibernation of winter. You know, it's almost like we rise to the surface. So isn't it weird that we're coming out of lockdown in winter? It's yeah, going to yeah. feel the <laughs> we're opposite. To go back in again. It's the opposite. It's yeah. going to conflict. That's why I'm dying to get to the snow. It's like yeah. I just want to do something. Yeah. I need to, I need to get yeah. some of this energy out. That's what yeah. we were talking before about stuck energy. It's like, yeah. yeah, I need to get some of this energy out. But if we can do it in the the way that works with the season, fantastic, even totally, better. Totally. So, yeah, so we're gathering all this energy in winter, like Amanda was talking about before, we're starting to a bit of a reset. We're starting to get clear on what we want so we can actually be reborn in spring. Yeah. Like think about those flowers that come up and out or the bulbs as things come out of the soil and they start to get reborn in spring. And birthing what we've thought through and reflected yeah. on Yeah, so we psycho winter. psychologically get to do this in spring as well. Mm. 
So you're talking before about pruning. Like your brain has to do all that pruning. It decides, no, I don't want that. I'd like that. We do all that in winter. It's basically the seasons allow for creation. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So when Amanda and I think of elements and seasons, we're not just thinking about summer, winter, autumn, spring. Like we're thinking about all of these things like Mm. all at once. Mm. Like we're thinking about, you know, the physiology, the nutrition, the emotional the side virtues. of it, the spiritual side of it, yeah. you know, what you actually want out of your life, all yeah. those sort of things. We're thinking about all that as we're working on someone. Yeah. And that's a true holistic therapy. It is. And that's how you can really get to the cause and the root when you're seeing the body as a whole rather than in isolation and everybody's different and you let go. As a kinesiologist, you learn how to let go of um, thinking you know the answer. You sort of surrender to that and that's what the muscle testing is for mm. so that you can let go of how what you think is going on and you're actually talking to the body and getting that biofeedback and, and then... Sometimes you see patterns that you see all the time and sometimes you see patterns that are going down way, rabbit holes that you've never seen before and if you're a good practitioner, you'll surrender into that and allow that, that yep. to unfold and that's where you really learn all the different patterns of wow, everybody gets um, becomes unwell or repairs and steps into wellness for all sorts of different reasons. Yeah, and I often say to my clients, you know, I can, I'll, they come in, I'll weed your garden but you've got to be re- really careful of what you plant. Yep. And that old saying of don't water what you don't want to grow. Yep. And that's true of that transition from winter into spring. Don't water what you don't you, want to you grow. You are what you <laughs> eat and you are what you think and you become, you know, yep. how you feel. So it's really good to feel good. Don't feel guilty about it. It is your job to feel good. Yep. So if we think about anything else you want to chat about the transition, I think we've sort of covered that transition. No, so like good. I said, you're naturally going to get this uprising of energy and this momentum forward to want to do things in spring. And if you've planted the right seeds, it's going to be an amazing time. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. The How world exciting. is your oyster. It is. <laughs> so wrapping up from me, I think winter's that perfect time to reset. It's that great opportunity to get really clear about what you want to allow, like I said, that springtime for those things to grow. Yep, great. I love that. And it's um, something to look forward to and I think we've been in training with this Mm. lockdown. So (laughs) just um, see it in a different way. Um, Yeah, seasons relate to our emotions and our energy systems. Um, And this is how I see the world through these lenses. And um, our chi truly affects our behaviour, how we will show up and um, the dynamics that play out in our lives. So... The best thing we can do is to give our mind and body the best environment to be more aware, to be more present in the moment, which is our most creative state. So you might need props to remind you, like the Mm. wristband Mm. or whatever works for you, post-it notes in the car, in the bathroom, you know, just reminding yourself whatever brings you back into the present moment, which takes you away from overthinking the past or the future, which, Mm. you know, leads to more worry and stress. Very nice. All righty. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. So thank you very much, Amanda, again for sharing your insights because I know this is going to be really helpful for a lot of people. Pleasure. And thank you for all your knowledge and wisdom. Thank you. My pleasure. And a big thank you to you guys there, the listeners, for tuning into the show. So if you guys love the podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on Apple Podcasts because that helps us out a lot. And you can find out more about us and any of the show notes over at DamienAndAmanda.com. So until next time, stay safe. And may the force be with you.